Welcome to the Unsweetened Sayo podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsayo.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast. I'm super excited to be interviewing my friend, Jenny Wilkerson, today and talking about her business, Hey Yo Life. Jenny is a certified health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and head of happiness at Hey Yo Life, her health coaching practice. She's an expert in creating actionable goals and supporting clients on their journey to a lifetime of improved health and happiness. Her clients learn how to make practical and sustainable lifestyle changes that help them say, hey yo, to all that life has to offer. Jenny knows the impact poor health has on our ability to thrive. After difficulties conceiving, to life-threatening complications, to autoimmune and thyroid disorders, this working mom of two young children relied on a strong support team to help her gain a vibrant, happy life filled with gratitude. Heyo Life is her passion, and her purpose is to help her clients live their best, feel their, feeling their best for life. So welcome, Jenny. So excited to be able to talk to you today and hear all about Heyo Life. Heyo, yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. I'm really appreciative. Well, as we kind of read in the introduction, it sounds like you've definitely been on your own journey towards health. So I thought we could start there. Maybe you could just tell a little bit about your background and your, and your story about your own health journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, growing up, I was a reasonably healthy and active person, really involved in sports. And um, I would say, you know, as I got older, you know, I, I got a little less active. Um, things started to slow down and had trouble conceiving um, our first um, child. And then, you know, like in the bio, I had some really difficult complications that really made things hard mentally and physically for me. Um, and then postpartum, I discovered um, that I had um, um, just like really low fatigue. And so I started going down the path of kind of figuring out what's going on. And I ended up seeing a rheumatologist and they said, um, since I had a family history of autoimmune disease, um, that a lot of my symptoms um, kind of aligned with that. So I started taking um, some prescription meds to help with some of my joint pain and dry eyes and some of the issues I was having. And after about three or four months on those meds, I just kind of felt like this is it. This is my life. Like I'm going to be on these meds forever. I just can't imagine that this is it. Um, so I decided to kind of revolutionize my lifestyle and see if by making some significant dietary and, and lifestyle changes that I might start feeling better. Um, so yeah, I did <laughs> feel a lot so better. Were you diagnosed with something then or that you were Yeah, so my uh, family history is um, Sjogren's, which is a autoimmune disorder that affects um, 
um, your eyes and dry mouth and um, along with joint pain, it's similar to lupus, but then it also has dry eyes and dry mouth as a major symptom. Um, when people have it really bad, they can't swallow. They have to, you know, do drops and cover their eyes to keep the wind from drying their eyes out. They can't even um, move them. It's really painful. Um, mine hadn't progressed that far. Um, and so I just said, I got I to gotta figure out what's causing this. And so I started to learn a lot about autoimmune diseases and what's kind of the impetus for it. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of things that you can't say it's one definitive thing, but, you know, a lot of it has to do with compounding toxins, dietary and lifestyle changes, um, you know, the effects of, of eating and, and, and not having movement in our lives. Um, so kind of all kind of comes together. And so for me, I said, you know, what can I do to start feeling better? Um, so that's when I started um, looking at, you know, different eating styles and kind of going down the path of starting to eliminate things like sugar and dairy and these inflammatory foods that can affect joint pain and all these um, symptoms I was having. And that you did on your own, correct? Just out of curiosity, that wasn't something that was doctor led, like they yeah. were wanting to give you, I'm guessing there's no cure for this. It's just no. treat, treat, treatable with medicine. Yeah. But that wasn't, I mean, did your doctor yeah. talk to you no, about so lifestyle? I asked the rheumatologist about diet and lifestyle because I was like trying to get more guidance about that. And she said, basically, there's no like study that says these things affect autoimmune disease. And that's kind of the hard part about, you know, medicine is that there isn't necessarily a lot of scientific data about it because it's hard to get those tests done on people, um, you know, and then every person is different. So you don't, you have a lot of statistical like differences in what your results might be. So I've kind of always been of the mind, if it feels better to me, I don't need a, you know, study to tell me that this is effective. Um, so I decided to do paleo as kind of my entry point. So no sugar, no dairy. Um, well, there is sweeteners allowed in paleo, but, um, but pretty much sugar free. Um, and then um, just meat, vegetables, and fruit. And I definitely started to see a huge difference. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I just want to like back up to say it's so important because I hear this so many times when I talk to women about their health and different things that even sugar addiction isn't medically recognized. But you know, if something works for you, like you're saying, I don't really need the scientific evidence necessarily. Um, and I just think it's so important as a reminder for everyone to be, just be an advocate of their, you have to be an advocate for your yeah. own health. Yeah. You feel like something like, you know, diet, exercise, you know, that stuff can help you. That's where you kind of, you know, research it yourself and then experiment. So yeah. how did paleo, like how quickly did you notice results after starting? Um, I would say it probably took like three or four months for me to really start feeling better. So I did a lot of work in the beginning of healing my gut. So I did a lot of bone broth three times a day. Um, you know, really like careful about what I was eating and just really working on feeling like better and just healing my, my body. And it's like kind of a uncomfortable process because you go through a lot of detox and your body's kind of shifting. Um, but then you kind of break through and you're like, wow, this feels amazing. Like, okay, I get it now. And um, it kind of gives you a new lease on life. So, so I basically you... ghosted my rheumatologist and haven't looked back. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you would say you kind of had that breakthrough somewhere around three or four months. And what did that look like for you as far as your symptoms? Like, did they go away? Could you ease back on your medicine? 
Yeah, so I slowly just started, I definitely went off the joint meds basically right away because I just decided I did not want to take any more pills. And I was just going to do this through an anti-inflammatory kind of approach to diet and just getting more intentional about movement too and kind of supporting my muscles and, and joint health that way. Um, and then, yeah, I would say, you know, that three or four months, I, I slowly started dropping, like I was on prescription eye drops for, um, you know, moistening my eyes and just kind of slowly like ditching all the kind of aids that I was using to help, um, didn't need them anymore. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So how long ago was that? And, um, are you still continuing to eat that way? I guess. Yeah. So that was almost two years ago. Um, so it's been, it's been really, you know, a journey, I would say, you know, I still lean towards a paleo lifestyle. Um, but I do, um, balance, I eat, you know, a donut every once in a while. Like I'm not super strict. I think, you know, kind of to be successful in a healthy lifestyle for life, you have to have balance and like give yourself some grace. Um, so for me, you know, if I have, you know, 80, 20 is kind of my goal. Um, I feel good and I still feel like I'm also giving myself what I am feeling I need then. And that's okay. Yeah. And just to point out to listeners too, um, you know, Jenny is not a sugar addict, so it is, she is, sees the benefits of not eating, um, a lot of sugar or flour, but she can eat in moderation once in a while as part of her lifestyle. So that's where this journey is so different, you know, for all of us, but that's like my dream, be able to eat like 80, 20. It just never worked for me. But I really think that for most people, that is just a really good goal because it is sustainable, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is tricky though, because, you know, one thing leads to another and then you're like on this slippery slope. So, I mean, you have to be really intentional and mindful about what your boundaries are and what you can and can't do because, you know, that food is addicting, you know, Mm -hmm. a donut every day is addicting, like your body then craves it. And so like, you know, you have to be really kind of firm in kind of yourself and your abilities for managing those boundaries and making sure you do stay healthy. And then you feel better, you know, when you are, sticking to kind of what you know works for you. Yeah. So what other changes have you noticed like physically, mentally, um, from where you were when you started two years ago? I did a lot of work in the beginning about, um, kind of just like reframing my mindset because one of the challenges I had was such a difficult pregnancy and getting pregnant and all my complications is that I really felt like I was this victim of sickness and that my body had let me down. Um, and so I really, in the beginning did a lot of journaling work and talking about how my body is strong. Like my body is amazing that it did all of these really hard things and it has not failed me and it can continue to do, you know, good things. And I have to nourish it and help it do that. So, um, I would say that mindset work was really important. I love that. Um, because I think for anyone listening that had trouble conceiving, I did as well. I think that feeling of my body let me down. There's something wrong with my body. Why can everyone else do this? I mean, I think so many women experience that. And that is such a huge shift in mindset, like you're saying, to wrap, no, my body is, you know, I actually have affirmations that I do every day. And one of them is my body is strong and resilient and I trust it to tell me what it needs. Like as kind of like one of my affirmations. I think that's that's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is like, it's a big 
yeah, you got to really change your mindset. So, um, you know, we both went to the same health coaching school too. And we kind of learned in there too, that given half the chance, your body will heal itself. Totally. So that also is really powerful. So talk to us a little bit how you came to um, health coaching and yeah. what kind of led you there. Yeah. So I, you know, in my journey, I'm like, you know, so excited telling everybody, Oh my God, you guys, I stopped eating this. And, you know, like, look, you know, it just feels so good. And, and then people start sharing with you their challenges and how they're feeling. Um, and so I just, you know, have been really interested in supporting friends and family and their health and wellness. Um, in a very unofficial capacity. Um, but then my employer actually offered a um, benefit to all employees that wanted to become health coaches for free. Um, so I was like, this sounds like I was meant to do this. I'm already kind of doing it. And I've always kind of had this approach um, to helping others. Like we've I've trained lots of friends for marathons and been really active in that, um, you know, years ago. And so it kind of just felt like it was supposed to be for me. Yeah, that's <laughs> so amazing. I grabbed at it and started the coaching program and it was such a nice benefit and I've learned so much um, through this program. It's just really solidified um, kind of my commitment and passion for making a difference and helping. I mean, when you think about, you know, all of the chronic diseases that people are dealing with that are completely preventable by diet and lifestyle. I mean, the strain that's on our healthcare system and just it's massive. And then also when you think about each individual person really struggling to feel their best and to give their best to their family and not feeling like they can because of these health problems, I just want to help them. I mean, I just feel like people need more support. Yeah. And you have a really um, unique perspective too, because of your job. Do you just want yeah. to talk a little bit about what what yeah, so I'm not a clinician. Um, I work in an office, but I fundraise for our hospital, um, which is really purpose-driven work, which I'm really passionate about. So the majority of the patients that we see at our hospital are low income and need financial assistance. And so our foundation is really critical in being able to provide acute care for our community. Um, so I'm, you know, super passionate about that. It's something I've been doing for all of my career. Um, but the health coaching is kind of like my personal passion. Um, and it's something too, like, and you might relate to this after having kids, you kind of lose yourself a little bit where you're like in the sea of like kids and trying to keep working and keep, you know, your marriage going, but you kind of lose yourself. And so now that my kids are five and three, I've kind of come out a little bit and this has kind of been my thing. And it's been really exciting to have something that's mine and that I'm passionate about and that I have both the energy and wherewithal to do now that my kids are sleeping through the night. <laughs> yes. And that's so true. And I experienced, I've talked about that on the podcast, exactly how much I just want to feel like me again, Siobhan, not just the mom, wife, but just be myself. So that's really exciting when you find something too that, because you have two young kids, which is still exhausting. You work full time in a very yeah. demanding job, but here you are also, you know, starting your own business. But I think it's so different when it's something that you're passionate about because then it gives you energy rather yeah. than like depletes further. It kind of like restores you. Um, cause that's how I feel about the podcast. It's sometimes like yeah. one more thing I have to do, but every time I'm so happy, like after this interview, I'll be, you know, happy all day long. And it just is something that, uh, gives back to me too. So I think that's really important to have. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that is super exciting. So tell us more. I just love Hey Yo Life. Tell us more <laughs> about your concept and what you want to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm just doing one-on-one -on -one coaching right now um, for clients interested in, in kind of achieving health goals. I mean, one of the challenges a lot of people have is they set these gigantic goals and then they don't necessarily have the tools or support to reach them. And then they feel deflated and they feel like they can't do it. And it kind of spirals into feeling like it's impossible. Um, so having a health coach by your side is really important for helping you make smarter, smart goals, like shorter um, term goals that over time are more achievable, smaller bite sizes, um, which is hard sometimes to identify. And so the health coaching process, as you know, is helping people identify kind of the obstacles and barriers to their health. And then every couple of weeks coming together and saying, okay, what is like one small change I can make this session uh, moving forward and then compounded all of those things over time have created new healthy habits um, that hopefully will be something that you can adopt for life because that's really my goal is to help people evolve their lifestyle in a way that makes them feel better have their health goals met and to not have to do this all the time i mean i think that's one of the challenges with the diet culture is that we have this mentality that we diet for a short period of time and that's when we're good and we're bad when we mess up and we're bad when we're off the diet. Well, no, it's like your job is to take care of your body every day for life. And yeah, some days might be better than others, but you know, having an approach that we are healthy for life is what is going to help us, um, you know, feel better and not have, you know, all these chronic diseases and things that accumulate with these, you know, short periods of health that aren't, you know, sustainable. Yeah, like this is a lifestyle change that you're offering for people and helping to keep keep them accountable and making goals together that they can achieve and yeah, last a lifetime. Not anyone can go and buy a new diet book and follow yeah. a diet for a few weeks, but I mean, so many of us, I mean, for the first time, I'm not one of those yo-yo dieters, but I was yeah. for many, many years trying totally. every latest fad, whatever new book came out, tried it for a little bit didn't work. Um, so that's definitely not the problem. You know, as they say, like we have plenty of information out there. I think where a health coach is so essential is in um, helping people then stick to something and giving them that support. So if someone did work with you, kind of talk us through what that looks like, like what yeah. you with the um, so the process kind of just starts with a, a 30 minute kind of free consult call to kind of for us to connect and see if we, you know, can make sure we, we, we vibe. I mean, it is a really important relationship. And so um, having that 30 minute call is kind of a good opportunity for us to chat, talk about, you know, health history and, um, you know, a little bit about kind of larger goals um, and what a client's hoping to achieve. And, um, you know, if it's something that we want to work together on, then we would establish uh, twice a month, one-on-one -on -one calls or in person, depending on if someone's local or, um, to the Portland, Vancouver area, or if they're out of state, I do Zoom calls. Um, and so it's, you know, 50 minutes of, you know, developing, you know, strategies to support goals, but also um, kind of discussing barriers and obstacles. And one of the things that, you know, you know, as a IIN coach is, um, you know, a lot of the obstacles don't have to do with what exactly am I supposed to eat? It's how do I feel about my work? How is my stress level? How's my marriage? How are my kids? Like all of these things are finances that um, create 
you know, our life are influencing our health. Um, so it isn't so simple as, you know, sure, eat paleo and you're going to be happy. That's, you know, doesn't work that way. And so a health coach is helping you identify um, the other challenges that you have. And it kind of all works together to look at your whole health and happiness. Yes. And that's so important. I mean, you can eat as much broccoli as you want, but if you're in some kind of toxic relationship or a really stressful job, you're not going to be healthy. So that is the really cool concept about IIN that it's what, what uh, Jenny's referring to, they call like the primary food and those really need to be in place too. And that's something a health coach can help with. So it's so much more than just nutrition exercise. It's so much more. Um, I think it's just so important in this because there's not a lot of people otherwise that you can go to that can offer the nutrition part plus the lifestyle support, you know, like you go to your doctor and they don't really have the nutrition training or, you know, they want maybe just want to give you a pill or something. And um, so it's kind of nice to have think that's where health coaches are just so important. Um, and I think we're just going to continue to see more and more health coaches because they're really filling a void in our healthcare system right now. Um, and it's more about being preventative as well than, you know, so many of us wait until we're sick and then go to the doctor, but right. this is about, okay, how do I stay healthy? So I don't even have to, you know, go to a doctor for, you know, whatever condition happens, like kind of staying on top of it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so then the hope is after six months, you know, that we've gotten to a place where, you know, my client feels confident that they can implement, you know, these changes and and feels confident that there will be success there. And if people need more time, of course, you know, that's always an option. But, you know, the goal is to not see a health coach forever. It's really to do the heavy work, and to really refocus on your why and find your motivation and centering kind of your vision for your life and then hopefully get yourself in a place where that's um, sustainable. Yeah, and get kind of a toolkit together so that yeah. you can do these things on your own. And I love technology now that, you know, you can do Zoom calls or phone calls. You know, I think when I've worked with clients before, um, sometimes a phone call or Zoom call is even easier because it's really hard to get somewhere in person when life happens, but it's much easier to make, you know, make that phone call. And yeah, it's pretty neat that that, you know, it is great. Um, I do love in-person coaching though, just because, you know, to be able to comfort and hug if someone needs Mm -hmm. it and to be there, (laughs) they're okay with that. You know, it's, it is nice. So, but I do love the technology for that. So true. Um, and you are in the Portland, Vancouver area. I just wanted to point out in case, um, if anyone's listening in that area, okay. like to work with you in person, because I oh, agree yeah. so much. It is really nice to be in person if you can, but yeah. I think you can still get that connection over Zoom or phone call. Which yeah, definitely. Nice um, so yeah, that is super exciting. I know something else that we've talked about that I know, um, and I want to kind of talk more about this on another episode is, and you've mentioned it, is kind of toxins. Oh, yeah. You know, kind of getting rid of toxins in your life. Um, So talk to us a little bit about that journey as well for you. Yeah. So when I was going through the autoimmune um, process, I was like, what causes this? And the toxins 
are something that were really interesting to me that I had never really considered. I mean, sure, like, you know, you kind of know you're not supposed to microwave plastic Tupperware or whatever. Not everybody you know. knows that, though. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, do not, please, if you're listening and you microwave plastic, please don't do, do not. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I was reading that, you know, toxic overload um, is a real problem with our bodies. When you think about how many chemicals have been created in the last, 40 or 50 years, I think it's something like 80,000 chemicals have been created. Um, so we have no kind of evolutionary experience with carrying the load of exposure to these chemicals as we have now in recent history. Um, and so what we're finding is, you know, a lot of these chemicals are causing um, hormone disruption. So affecting things like trying to conceive and our, you know, um, carcinogens. So things that we know cause cancer are allowed to be in a lot of our products. Um, so I just started kind of going down this path of like, oh my goodness, how do I limit the chemicals that are in my home? Um, is, you know, Mrs. Myers at Target enough? I don't know, you know, and so I kind of started to explore that. And one of the things um, that I discovered was um, the skincare products that we use are really not regulated by the FDA. They um, basically, any company is allowed to put essentially any chemical that they want into a product and they actually don't have to disclose it because of trade secrets laws. Especially um, under like the title fragrance. Yeah. You see fragrance on yeah. anything like that can put be. Put it down. Put it down. Walk away. <laughs> that can be a straight up chemical. I mean, yeah, yeah that's really harmful, even in children's products, which is yeah. crazy. To so, me. yeah. So the FDA is responsible for kind of monitoring the chemicals and things that go into our products. And I think right now they have, I think it's like maybe 35 to 40 chemicals that they've identified as unsafe to be used in our products. Um, this is for skincare and cosmetic products specifically. Um, and for comparison, Canada outlaws, I think, 600 chemicals, and the EU outlaws around like 1,200 or 1,300. Um, so it's the crazy US, to me I that mean, the US is so yeah. behind on this. Yeah, yeah it's shocking. Um, so the problem is that they don't have the resources to even keep up with and, and see if all these chemicals are safe or not. So there's such so much testing that goes into it. So if you think about, you know, thousands of chemicals that need to be tested, it's just not possible. So I'm not even sure how they're going to make it up. Um, so that's why companies um, like Beauty Counter, which I've gotten involved with, are really important because their safety standards and transparency in their products are um, keeping us safe and, and, and informed in what products are. So yeah, Beauty Counter is a skincare and cosmetic line. And basically we banned um, 1800 chemicals that we've deemed to be unsafe um, for whatever reason. Um, like I mentioned, hormone disruptors or um, carcinogens or um, some, you know, um, lots of different chemicals, <laughs> lots of different reactions. And so um, it's been really important work. And I, I feel like, you know, part of this is just using it as a platform to educate uh, my friends and family just about what these chemicals are doing to them and it's on things that they use every day so beauty counter sells makeup and skincare for um, men women children and um, I'm really pretty and sunscreen like, too right yeah like sunscreen everything that basically touches your skin um, and so it's been really exciting to be able to share with people they're like oh my goodness I had no idea that you know even 
you know, certain products like Neutrogena or Aveeno people believe are safe. And sure, some of them might be, but until you know what those chemicals are, you know, it's impossible. And so that's why I got into Beauty Counter because I thought, I don't have time to look up every single chemical and every product that we're using to see if this is safe. And so I just said, great, there's a company out here that's done it for me. It has everything I need for my family. Um, it just definitely takes the guesswork out of it. And I do think, you know, they're, you know, working on advocacy, which I think is really important um, to try to change a lot of the laws. I mean, our mission is really to get safer products into the hands of everyone. So it's like, nobody should have to be worried about this. We should be able to go to Walgreens and buy products that are safe and won't harm us. Agreed. And the confusing thing is, is like with advertising and marketing, there's really no regulation there too. So like Aveeno is a good example. You might see like all natural and think, oh, this is a good choice. But when you're actually reading the ingredients, it's not all natural. Like all natural yeah. doesn't mean anything necessarily. So it's really, really important to read labels. Um, yeah. And that's why, now I hadn't heard of Beauty Counter before um, yeah. you told me about it. And I like just how transparent they are. So if people are interested and in kind of looking at skincare, changing their skincare. Is there like a website? Yeah, so there's a website. Um, you can buy direct from Beauty Counter. You can buy from a consultant like myself. Um, and we do have some um, stores. Um, we're based out of Santa Monica. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, people get kind of like, oh, buying from a person, you know, they're, you know, I don't know, these like multi-level marketing things. Um, the one thing, you know, I was kind of suspicious of that as well. Um, but the things that I kind of think about with new companies like Beauty Counter, I mean, we've been around for seven years, um, is it's really expensive to break into the market. I mean, when you work, when you have a company, you're trying to get shelf space at Target, you have to pay for that. It's extraordinarily expensive. Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of money that goes into getting that space. And so Beauty Counter really feels like this is a mission that's told from family member to family member. And so they put their marketing money into paying their consultants for the sales. And I think, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me because if it was some random company that was trying to educate people about their products, you'd probably just dismiss it as marketing noise that we hear all the time about everything. And so the consultant model makes a lot of sense to hopefully reach people and get them safer products and start teaching them about what to steer clear of. Yeah. And what are some of your like favorite, and we'll make sure we link um, at the end the episode notes, I'll make sure I include a link to your beauty, beauty counter, oh, okay. but talk to us a little bit about some of your, because for me, sometimes it's overwhelming to switch, like, because I went on this same journey and it took a few years before I like fully switched over. And then yeah. I was using like Mrs. Myers and yeah. Method, thinking that was better. And then I have an episode actually about that where I have a friend, my friend Jess, who um, does Young Living Oils kind of. Oh, yeah. I listened to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of was like, yep, yeah, nope. You know, that's that still has that fragrance, even though these are more natural companies, we don't know what that means. You know, there right. are better options out there. So it's just so overwhelming, um, I think, to get started. So maybe talk about, and so many people are really specific um, even more so than like what you're using in your house and stuff. I think that's easier to switch up. Yeah. You know, you're not as like 
um, you know, dedicated to, uh, you know, what you use to clean your counters, but right. when it comes yeah, to your own skin, yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. And, um, especially with hormones, you know, I've had hormone stuff my whole life. So trying to find something that doesn't make me break out and totally. so kind of talk to us about what you would suggest, like some of your favorite products and kind of how you can, I guess, lean into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's something that can be done over time because it is an investment. I mean, the thing that, you know, I always tell people is like these, I'm not suggesting you buy things you don't already buy. I'm saying you're already buying moisturizer, you're already buying face wash, just swap it out with something right. that's safer that you know and trust to be, you know, good for your body. Um, the thing that I love about Beauty Counter is it actually works. I mean, it's not just like it's coconut oil that you're putting on your face. Which it's I like, do anyway, though. Oh, I, yeah, I know, but I know, I know. Coconut oil, so. <laughs> Not on my face though, but on my rest of my skin, I do like coconut oil, but totally. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, you know, really, um, high end good products that work. You know, we have an anti-aging line that everybody in my circle is really into. Um, that's really effective. I love our sunscreens because one of the things about sunscreens, um, you know, the, the spray, um, like copper tone type ones, they are chemical, barriers and so they're creating a chemical kind of shield on your arm um, to keep you from getting burned and um, studies have shown that actually a lot of the chemicals in sunscreens can cause cancer um, and which is what you're trying to prevent by putting yeah. the sunscreen on I mean it makes no sense yeah. um, so our sunscreens are um, mineral based zinc based and they're a, a physical barrier so a lot of people are kind of weirded out by the white they, you know they remember like the 80s white mm -hmm. nose noses and the and the you know, that people put on and this, you know, ours rubs in really nicely. It's really good. So I think the sunscreen is a really good one for the summer going into summer. Um, and, and especially, then, I mean, you have two young kids yeah. on your kids. I think it's really important. I have so much sun damage I'm dealing with now because I wasn't the best at sunscreen when I was yeah. younger. So, um, I, I'm really, really like kind of overprotective, I guess, with my kids and putting totally. sunscreen on them. And I don't even mind if they're wearing a white shield. That's what I want to see. But it's true. A lot of those products do rub in a lot better yeah. you know, than they used to. So. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing I love is our cleansing balm. And if you have listeners that are moms, they will totally get this. Um, I use it actually probably more on my kids than I do on myself. It's like this little jar of balm and it's you know meant to be a wash or you can leave it on as a moisturizer on your face if you're a grown-up um, but I actually use it almost all throughout the winter on my kids like on the little like you know nose red spots they get when they get cold so the little rashes around their mouth and I put it on them at night before they go to bed and it just does such a good job of moisturizing their um, little tiny wounds or little you know things and kind of magical we call it um, my magical balm and they put it on whenever they need uh, it and what's that <laughs> called for real though it's just the cleansing balm it's just a little pot balm. that we have yeah okay so yeah. you know you get kind of you know strategic with your products and kind of using them in different ways so it's not just like this is for kids and this is for moms I know a lot of my friends use um the baby oil <laughs> for themselves you know it's like okay it's not a baby product it's just a product it's all yeah. safe for everybody regardless of who's using it well and that's the nice thing is that you can you know use stuff as a family together yeah. and not you know not worry about what's going on your kid's skin and your skin so that is yeah. I think really a benefit well, that's exciting. I probably should try something because I have not tried 
beauty counter yet. So I oh, I'll send you some samples. Challenge myself to try <laughs> something. And like you said, it's great. Like as you run out of a product, like for me, I always like, a, a, I'm always looking for a good face cleanser. Like that might yeah. be a good place for me to start and then yeah. kind of build yeah, off. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point. You're, you know, it's not like you're buying new stuff. You're just replacing what you're already buying. Yeah. So we'll yeah, make sure we link that too. Do you have any other tips? I'm just curious because the toxins is such a big, big, big thing. Uh, yeah. That you so have I've done, yeah. I've done a few workshops, which I call simple swaps. And I talk a lot about um, different health, um, different home cleaning products that I like. Um, so I share that with people who attend and then we talk about beauty counter too, but um, I would say, you know, the home cleaning products, um, like Bonami is like my favorite product or Bonami. I don't know how to say it. B-O-N-A-M-I. It's kind of old school. It looks like a Comet bottle, but it's super safe and it's good for countertops, toilets, sinks, like all of that. It's a really good product. Um, I use, um, Thrive Market for a lot of my products mm -hmm. and um, they have a really good laundry powder. I used to use a name brand of the, the laundry powder, but it's a little bit more expensive. So I've been really excited to be using a little bit um, more economical choice that still is just as good and that's Thrive Market powder. I use their detergents as well. Um, I do think Thrive is a really great resource for people who are looking to kind of get clean products because everything they have is um, endorsed and you know for the most part reasonably safe and um, you still have to be an informed consumer and kind of make good choices but for the most part they're really dedicated to sustainable and organic and um, they're also really good for um, pantry items so they have a uh, sorting by um, diet lifestyle so if you're mm -hmm. vegan or you're paleo or you know whatever you know sugar-free they have all those kind of filters so you can shop based on your uh, food choices. I'll link that too because that's a good point. I use Thrive. I, I do order through Thrive. but Oh, good. Everyone does. So I'll, I'll kind of link that too so people can check that out. Yeah. Um, what about like hand soap? That's always one that, what do you do at home for so, that? Um, I, the coronavirus. I know. Now, we have for hands. years been using Dr. Bronner's. I'm mm -hmm. obsessed. He has, he, mm -hmm. <laughs> Dr. Bronner. <laughs> Has, um, Dr. Bronner. Yeah. Um, the peppermint sugar is like our favorite hand soap and everybody when they come over always rave about it. So we've, we've been using that for years. Yeah. Um, Dr. Bronner's is great. Yeah. So, and we do have like the Castile soap that we might use for, you know, doing different projects and cleaning that way. I mean, you can make your own soap using, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of their products, but you know, you can only, you know, for a while I was making my own almond milk and making my own yogurt and make, wow. <laughs> like you can only make so much, you know, so you have yeah. to kind of choose like what you can invest your time and energy into and then just try to find good, reliable products that help save you time. Exactly. And again, if it's something that is really exciting and giving you energy to make your own soap, great. But that's yeah, something to me totally. that's very depleting and I'd rather have someone just have it ready for me. Yeah. To go, so. You have to pick your, pick your battles there. Exactly. Well, that's good. That's some good other suggestions for people. And is that something like if, because that might be something people just want help with health coaching too. So I'm sure yeah. you can incorporate that is if, if people are looking for some tips on how to kind of clean up, detoxify yeah, for sure. their lives. Yeah. I think that's really important right now. 
Yeah. And one of the other things I do offer is a pantry, pantry cleanup, but kind of kitchen cleanup and kind of going through um, products. But then, you know, that can be under the sink that can be, you know, anywhere in the house and, you know, people feel like they need a little bit more guidance and support. And so I do offer that service as well. Oh, that's awesome. Just having like, just kind of help redoing their kitchen essentials or whatever. Yeah. Just as a part of kind of the education of like, okay, you know, this has, hydrogenated oils in it like this is no good like you know and kind of talking about why things are okay and why they're not okay and kind of just a little bit of safety and education about that yeah and see that's great too for people listening that again don't want to do the research on every single thing you've done a lot of the research so can kind of (laughs) yeah that probably two-year period it took me to change over to you know like a few sessions and they'd have a much better grasp on what to what to be using but but there's still I mean even still like I I have plastic in my house still like I mean Mm -hmm. there's just like you know you can't do it all all at once and so like working with people to say okay what are the most important goals for you right now you know and maybe the toxins is kind of at the tail end you know that might not be the priority for some people it might be you know that they're really nervous about these things and that's going to help them feel better to kind of get that cleaned out first and then we can concentrate on other things and so it's a part of kind of the exploration of what are the priorities and how are we going to evolve you know the whole health approach based on you know what's needed right now yeah no that's great um just the only other thing i kind of wanted to talk about because i think it be interesting for people to listen because i think i've got a lot of moms that listen is talking a little bit more about your kids five yeah. and three years old and kind of sharing because we've talked about this you know offline um i have a six and four year old and it's just hard in today's culture society to raise kids you know to well for me i really try to limit their sugar and it can be really challenging i know we've talked about that so yeah. tell us a little bit about kind of your philosophy with your kids and kind of what you do yeah, it's been hard. I mean, it's a real, I feel like as a mom, it's been an evolution for us in our house and how to approach eating healthy for them. Um, we definitely don't eat sugar regularly. I say that, you know, they do get a cupcake here or there. I mean, so part of one of the struggles that we're having is, you know, when you take something away, it becomes more desirable mm-hmm. and you know, for kids, um, it feels like it's something that's coveted and that's better than everything else. And so I think we are kind of struggling with a backlash of not allowing a lot. And now there's a real propensity for um, kind of when it's there, just excessive consumption Mm -hmm. and fixation on it. Um, Or if it's in the house, I'm, you know, I have to have it. I'm climbing in the pantry. I mean, so I am actually kind of evolving our approach to treats in that way. I think what we're starting to do now is um, having a small dessert, like a little pudding, um, berries and a little chocolate sauce, or, you know, um, apple, uh, I do like these, um, apples with cinnamon and ghee that I, you know, saute in the pan. Mm. And so doing the paleo recipe there. Yeah, totally. So they still feel like dessert, but they're like reasonably healthy. I'm doing that with dinner because one of the problems we were having was like, what's for dessert? And they wanted to know before they'd eat their dinner. And so kind of trying to make everything the same, I'm hoping for my kids, at least that will make them realize that like one thing isn't better than another. And like, 
even the playing field. And so then they'll be more willing to try and eat the other things mm-hmm. by having exposure to like the sweet kind of treat at the same time. Yeah. It's so tricky. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, I was listening Ask me tomorrow and I might've changed my mind about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I, I don't know what's best. It's so tricky because it is such a fine line and I'm probably more strict even than you are and a lot of my okay. friends are and I don't want to you know I always have friends tell me make sure you don't want to go the other way where then they are like go crazy too so yeah. I kind of look to my husband to be like am I being too you know luckily we're pretty yeah. much on the same page but we kind of try to just educate the kids I think is important too I talk to them about okay well we need to have a protein and this is why we eat organic food and this is why we yeah. do you know we kind of just talk about talk about it now and how sugar does taste really good, but it's yeah. just not really good for our bodies. You know, that's a hard thing is that it tastes so I good. know. I mean, it's confusing to them because they're yeah. like, their brain is like, I want this. It's delicious. How could this be bad for me? Yeah. Right away, your brain is getting hooked to it too. Yeah. So it makes it really hard for, for kids and all the sugary products too that are uh, marketed towards them make it really, really tricky. I was listening to, um, there's a Kick Sugar Summit, which I hope people oh, are listening to yeah. this week. They have some really good speakers, but one of them was talking about how hard it is since like sugar just, t- that's the hardest drug to beat. Like she had been on heroin, crack cocaine, meth, all these oh crazy drugs. And yeah. it was harder for her to kick sugar than it was for these drugs because it tastes good. I mean, for the yeah. most part, like cigarettes taste awful, yeah. you know, like, um, like a lot of things, you know, that are bad for you don't taste that good, but sugar is one of those things that it's like, and it's beautiful yeah. you know, as they talked about, you know, it can be bright and colorful and pretty and <laughs> smell good. And yeah. So for kids, especially, I think it's really hard, but I think that's something too, that would be helpful for people, um, at, at, to have a coach, yeah. you know, if is to have, you know, it's really great that you're a mom too and can talk to kind of coaching on how to make lifestyle changes throughout the whole family as yeah. well. Yeah, know? that is but, one of the difficulties. Um, you yeah, know, it's really hard. Their willingness to try new foods. And then you get worried as a mom, you're like, oh goodness, they're not eating. Yeah. What do I do now? Like, you know, they didn't eat it. Do I hold out? Do I give them, you know, some sort of fruit? you know, like a piece of apple or, you know, like, what do I do? Like, it's really challenging how tough to be and when and when to, you know, be consistent and then when to not and let it go, you know? So it's tricky. I mean, I definitely think too, it depends on the kids. Like my um, oldest is definitely much more motivated by sugar and, you know, processed carbs and definitely more, you know, of that kind of addictive personality to it um and my youngest is like nah I'm fine you know she doesn't necessarily need the bagel she's happy with eggs you know and so it's really kind of also by individual child I think Mm -hmm. too so the rules kind of have to be consistent for everyone in some ways but I think there needs to be some grace and allowances for where each child is at and how old they are and where they are in their kind of health journey Oh, totally. And, te- you know, treating kids like individuals that want- works for one of your kids might not work for the other kid either. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's so true. I see that in my own in my own kids, too. My oldest seems to be more, he might have inherited my sugar addiction, which yeah. I'm so sad about. But my daughter, you know, she'll have like a few bites of cake and then leave the rest. I'm yeah. like, 
I've never done that in my life. <laughs> totally. like, I'm like, yeah. That's amazing. So, or my son is like licking the plate. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's a good point. You know, you kind of have to meet your, your kids where they're at, but I think education is, yeah. is really, really important and something that is so available now that wasn't as available when we were growing up for, you know, our parents to educate us. Like, I just feel like, again, we are in a big information age, so it's easier to get that information and kind of share it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's lots of people I follow on Instagram that are, you know, helpful for, you know, moms kind of thinking about their kids' food. And so like we do things like, you know, we have a share plate. So we do, we call it a poo-poo platter, but it's got like, you know, mm -hmm. kind of all the appetizers that they can have. And that was an idea that we got online. And then, um, you know, somebody was like, well, you let your kids cook. I love these like plastic knives. And so my son uses those nylon knives to kind of cut soft things and like incorporating them in the kitchen. And then, um, one of the other ideas is letting the kids serve themselves and so that they have an empty plate. So it doesn't feel like I'm telling them what to eat. It's saying you get to choose and serve yourself what looks good to you of all the offerings. And so those are all things that we've tried to do to incorporate kind of more power for the kids. Cause I do mm -hmm. think there is a lot of a dynamic that happens at the table. Um, you know, we grew up in the generation of like clear your plate. You're not leaving mm -hmm. the table until your plate is cleared. And so for us as parents, it's hard to kind of break out of what we were raised with. And so, yeah, you're right. Online, there's so many great resources for learning and exploring. Um, and so many people that are really specialized in. Yeah, in I love those ideas. I love that. Oh, yeah. Serving yourself. That's a great idea. And I am totally have had to like put my hand over my mouth when I like, I'm like, two more bites, three more bites. And I'm like, nope, totally. I don't want to, you know, most kids are born with knowing when they're full, when they're hungry, you know, like they can really absolutely adjust that themselves. It's like we create these habits. Yeah. So it's really yeah, it's like all of us influencing them has like made them lose their ability to know their own hunger, which yeah. is devastating as a parent. Cause you're like, I can't believe, <laughs> you know, but it was for all good intentions, right? You think that they need to get X, Y, and Z and so it's yeah. tricky for sure. And it's a journey. And so much more pressure, I think on, parents today to do everything perfectly and right so like with anything give yourself a little bit of self-compassion and know you're totally. we're all totally. doing the best we can I mean. yeah so well is there anything else you want to leave us with anything that we didn't get to or anything else you want to talk about about yeah. hey your life that yeah I mean I guess like you know the thing that has been really like key for me is just the realization that we as individuals are in total control of changing our lives and it is possible. And I think, you know, you may not feel that way right now, but um, making small changes will give you that feeling and you'll see that people are, you know, really able to feel better. And I believe that everybody can do that. And it's exciting to see it when people do experience those transformations and realizations that they are in control and can do this. And so I just want everybody listening to know that they have that power within them to heal themselves and to feel better. I love that taking, cause some of so many, I know with my sugar addiction, I felt so powerless mm -hmm. most of the time. I think whenever you're going through some kind of health condition, so to know that actually you have, you're powerful is huge. So yeah, definitely saying that. Yeah. Well, it's been wonderful. I really appreciate you. Um, I think you're doing such week. good things with this. So I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. 
Hi everyone, it's Siobhan. Just a quick update. Uh, Jenny is going to be offering all my Unsweetened Sio podcast listeners 25% off of her regular rates for six months of coaching at Hey Yo Life. So if you're interested, reach out to Jenny on her website. I put the, put the address in the podcast notes here. Um, and make sure that you mention Unsweetened Sio to get 25% off. Exciting! Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar.